Hope you're having fun spending some time with family this weekend. Maybe some of you are on your way right this very moment to see parents or siblings or cousins. Maybe going to get a little quality time with grandma and grandpa. It seems fitting that we bring you this conversation that we had about two Michigan photographers who embarked on a national trip to take photos of America's grandmothers. That's right, everybody's grandmas. This is a rerun, and it's one of our favorites. We hope you enjoy it, too. But if you were to go back and give yourself some advice, what would it be? Or or things that were important to you? You have to love your parents. (laughs) I've always thought my parents came first in my life. I went to school. I didn't graduate, but I went 11 years, 10 years. What what year were you born? I was born in March the 18th in 1933. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. There's a lot to say about the threats posed to our elders over the past couple of years. Even if your family has been lucky enough to dodge the worst of COVID, I'm guessing you may have had some anxiety about the Mimas and Omas, Jadas and Abuelas in your life. The conversations that we have together now seem that much sweeter, don't they? Two Michigan photographers recently spent months scouring the United States, meeting grandmas, and talking to them about their lives and experiences. What was it like as an African-American woman living in Laurel, growing up? Growing up? Yeah. It wasn't all that good. You couldn't go into stores. You go to a restaurant that had a special window where you had to stand out. If it was raining, you still stood there. Some of them, they would let you go in the back door where the cook was back there to get food. It was terrible. What stories would they want to make sure were told? What kind of advice would they give to us or to their younger selves? John Hansen in Detroit and Joey Schultz in Traverse City have just published an art book based on their project called Grandmothers of America. And it is a treasure trunk, candid portraits of just about every kind of grandma you can imagine. John, Joey, I know it's kind of personal, but could we start with asking each of you about your grandmothers? Joey, do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I had a really deep personal um, spiritual connection to both my grandmothers and was the reason why this project started as um, I was asked what, uh, what photograph would mean the most to me, and it would be both my grandmothers, mostly because they lived with such grace and they showed me they showed me so much of how to live and, and how to be and how to handle um, stress and situations and, and show love. So my grandmothers were uh, incredible. I've lost both of them, but they, uh, they still continue to inspire me till today. Can we name them? Yeah, Jane Muldoon and Caroline Schultz. I called them Maga and Mani. How about you, John? What, is, what, what were your grandmas like? So... I have a really deep connection to my grandma Tarrant specifically. Um, She was just totally the glue that held um, that side of my family together. Just a beaming matriarch who held space and cooked and nourished the whole family unit. You know, setting a standard for what love looks like, um, what family looks like, what a healthy family looks like. So, yeah. How did you two start working together? I, uh, John, I know you're in Detroit, and Joey, you're in Traverse City. 
So we both kind of grew up in the music scene in Grand Rapids together. And um, we'd be around, see each other at shows, uh, jamming here and there together, and then put it together that we're both into photography. And so we started doing a little bit of film stuff together, developing film, um, talking about photography and philosophy. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> That's a, I don't know, it's a bit of a leap to be talking about photography and philosophy and to get in a car together to visit all 50 states. Joey, can you fill in some of the gaps for us? Yeah, so I, uh, I was in really into street photography and portraiture. And Johnny is in portraiture as well. And, uh, and Johnny had a lot more experience in film photography. So I went to him to kind of seek advice and learn um, when I was younger. And we hit it off. And then Johnny moved to Los Angeles. And I had a lot of friends in Los Angeles. And we were working on a film uh, in Los Angeles. And they were asking, hey, do you know a lighting guy or anybody? And I was like, oh, you should use Johnny. And so they hired Johnny for the gig, and Johnny and I both ended up working together as a team um, on the on a pilot and out in Los Angeles. And during that, I realized we we worked together. You know, if you're working on a film, it's a really intense amount of hours and a lot of stress, especially with lighting, all the gear you got to move and all that kind of stuff. And I realized we worked really well together. Um, and uh, and then we were sitting at breakfast one day. Um, and at Squirrel in Los Angeles. And I, I said to Johnny, I have this idea of documenting grandmothers throughout the whole United States by meeting them at random and asking what advice to give the younger selves. And I said, hey, would you be interested in coming with me and doing it? Because I can't do it alone. And Johnny's like, well, let me think about it. And then a couple hours later, I remember I was driving down an interstate and I get a call from Johnny and he goes, okay, I want to do it. Let's do it. And I was like, are you ready? And he's like, I think so. And he's like, are you ready? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, about four months later, we hit the road. And um, the rest is history. I mean, the the journey started there. Yeah. Were these photos taken all in the same trip? It's, it's really a phenomenal amount of stuff. We did four separate tours. And uh, we kind of covered the country in quadrants. So we started in Los Angeles. And covered the entire Southwest. Uh, our second tour was down from Michigan to the South and we did a big loop through the South and the Southeastern seaboard. Uh, then we did a separate tour to the Northeast, hit Boston, New York City, um, went all the way up to Maine, hit DC. And then our last tour was through the Pacific Northwest via the Midwest. So we hit Wisconsin, uh, all the way through Montana, the Dakotas, and looped back around to Michigan. What was, can you explain your process for finding subjects? I gotta say it was pretty courageous. Yeah, so when we started, we had no idea how to do it. I just knew that I was good at talking to strangers. So I was kind of leaning on my innate ability with that. And when we first started, you know, we had no idea how to do it. And actually we failed for a couple of days. We didn't, nobody said yes. But what we would do is... Wait a minute, look, wait a minute. Joey, can I ask, did you literally just go up to women of a certain age and ask them if they were grandmas? Yeah, I mean, that's how it came out. It, because I wanted to have I wanted to have it random. So we had a little <laughs> bit more of a, an honest picture of America and the diversity of it. 
And so we would look at houses. We, we called it Grandar, Johnny and I. We would see a house, and by the end, we could actually feel the grandma in there. I, it's kind of funny. But we would, you know, you'd see them on the street. You'd see them in a grocery store, a trailer park. You'd knock on doors. There's no tall tale signs, you know, Mercury LeSables outside, Buicks, um, older cars that look nice, ramps, faux grass, uh, you know, gnomes. Um, but the pitch, you know, you only get about 10 seconds at the pitch to build the trust. And that's where that evolved quickly because we, we had to figure that out quick to be able to convince these ladies that we weren't selling anything, that we weren't trying to take their information. We were just trying to make a book that's important to remind our generation of the importance of our grandmothers. Uh, I should mention, for those who uh, don't know or have not inferred, you're a couple of clean-cut, well-scrubbed-looking young white guys. <laughs> um, I have to ask, like, what are some of the key elements to having a solid pitch in 10 seconds? Well, first, got to convince them that you're not selling anything. And second, we learned that we can't wear the same outfit. We can when we when we were both wearing pea coats, it didn't work either. So it's we had to. It was a morphing thing, and depending where we were, it changed. And honestly, Joey, did they think you were LDS if you wore the same thing? Yeah, we had that. We had a couple people be like, "Are you trying to sell Jesus?" And I'd be like, "No, Jesus is priceless." And <laughs> uh, and we learned that we had to look different. That we had to. Um, you know, be ready to improvise immediately because every grandmother responded differently, you know, and utilize both our strengths because Johnny and I have different strengths. You know, I'm more spunky and and um, forward. Johnny's more tender and introspective. And so our, our strength would help us cover all the differences in other grandmothers' um, energies and intentions with us. So, um, yeah, also another aspect of the hook in our pitch was to point out that, you know, the youth, we see kids on their phones and we really want people to talk to their elders and get off their phones. And that's why we're making this book. Um, so as soon as we say that, you know, it relates because they see this, all these grandmothers across the country see their grandkids on their phone and not engaging with them. Um, so that was one part of the hook that we could share that is like, yeah, see, we're on your team. We know this is a problem and we're trying to do something about it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep going with this conversation with John Hansen and Jerry Schultz. We'll hear some stories about some of the grandmothers featured in their new book. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Guys, the portraits in this book are just a feast. I mean, we've got all the grandmas. Grandmas on porches, of course, 
grandmas on ranches, grandmas doing their gardening, grandmas hanging out in tank tops and camo shorts, in house coats, their hair is natural or teased up higher under hijab. It's just such a, it's such a great thing. There's something here that I think will invoke memories for just about anybody. Do you have any favorites between the two of you? Yeah, I mean, there were obviously grandmas that um, that touched us each individually and together, and some that uh, made different reactions to both of us. And I wouldn't say I have a favorite in any way, but I would say that there were grandmas that I felt a, a, a deeper connection to than others. And uh, Shirley Carthright was one of the grandmas in the book that uh, that really touched me. Her advice was, uh, don't marry a foreigner. They always want to go back home. And I think I, I just got out of a very serious relationship with a French woman. And I remember that really hitting home to me, you know, kind of like justifying my breakup in a way. And, and, uh, and she, we talked to her for a long, long time. And we have actually audio recording of her speaking. And I still, to this day, sometimes go back there and listen to it because she has so much introspection and so much um, insight that I, I really hold dear. Yeah. John, how about you? You know, I, I kind of agree with Joey. It's hard to pick a favorite because there were so many amazing people and just unique experiences that we had with each grandmother. Um, but one that's really interesting is that the first grandma in the book, Dorothy, who was in Texas, um, she was so strong um, and just amazing. I, you know, I'm trying to remember the quote she said. Joey, do you remember that so, about cancer? Like, I'm not... Like, yeah, well, she said, you know, a lot of people go to these cancer walks and they're marching because they're survivors. And she goes, I'm not a survivor, I'm thriving. But anyway, Dorothy was so charming. She, once we gave her our pitch and took her portrait, she was so moved that she went inside. She said, hold it right there, guys. I'm, I'm going to be right back. She came out with a $20 bill. And so this is a donation for you guys. Keep up the good work and carry on. And so oh. that was just kind of a sweet moment that it's like, oh, she really believes in us. She she gets it, what we're doing. Uh, we're trying to tell these stories and she she really understands and values that. So um, it's kind of a little Easter egg for that. You can think about that when, with the first page of the book. Um. It's hard to say, very, very hard to say, but one of my favorites was Minnie Lou Marshall from Lake in Kansas. Oh. You got her in her pink slippers. Minnie, we went to a nursing home. We went to the front desk, and a lot of times they wouldn't let us in because of, you know, a lot of times they don't have the same rights because they're not fully there, and they have to have a, a signature from their family. Um, so nursing homes sometimes were a difficult uh, situation for us just out of... Uh, Kind of precautions and and some uh some permissions but we went to this nursing home and we asked the front lady and she said to us right away she goes oh man you guys got to talk to minnie and i remember sitting down and having minnie come out and she was minnie she was a very tiny little lady and she cracked us up so much it was it was such such a wonderful experience talking with minnie and one of the funny stories is that she she got engaged to two guys at the same time. Uh, someone. Her like, advice to her, her advice to her younger self is, be more patient because I can fly off the handle, 
and don't get engaged to two people at the same time because you can only marry one of them. Yeah, and in fact, there was Berger, Burgess the soldier boy was she, who she ended up marrying, and she had to tell the other guy that she was going to marry Burgess, and they were on a car drive, and when she told the other guy that she was going to marry Burgess, um, she started crying telling the story that the other guy left her on the side of the road. Oh. And then she went home and for a week couldn't get out of bed because she was so heartbroken about it. That's amazing. And it was, it was a really like, I mean, she, was, she had a hard time telling that story. It was a really powerful story to her. Did she say whether she felt like she'd made the right decision? I think she did. I think she felt she did the best she could. Um, but it was one of those examples in life where it's just hard. It, there wasn't an easy way through that one. For sure. Uh, I think I would like to offer uh, an impromptu award to Grandma Sharon Lambeau Saldana of Wapato, Washington, for having the 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 no bullshit grandma expression. Looking at your portrait of her, I felt like if she asked me, "Have you been goofing off? Have you been drinking? Have you been disrespecting your mom again?" I would have no choice but to answer honestly. Uh, that that grandma's a tough cookie. Nice. Yeah, there's a few of them in there that, you know, you can't lie. It's so pure. And, you know, we were, you know, we had no idea what we were getting into every time, you know. So when we would pull up, when we would pull up to a house um, or, you know, the door opened up, you know, we knew we could see the eyes. We, you know, we got it down where... You know, it would shock us to the point where sometimes I'd almost collapse when a grandma would walk in or we'd walk into a ice cream shop and you'd see a grandma sitting down. You know, you'd get so excited and so overwhelmed by the potential photograph and story that, uh, you know, you, you just were always on call. You were always looking, you know, even at the end of the day, after eight photo shoots, we'd get to the hotel and then, you know, you look over and you'd see a grandma and I'd be like, Johnny, <laughs> And we couldn't say no. <laughs> Could you tell me about Lynn Goodwin in Portland, Maine? It looks like you caught her on one of the worst days. Yeah, she was she was out mowing her lawn. And um, she had these really bright blue eyes, these blueberry eyes. And we got several different portraits of her um, that didn't make the book. But, you know, she, after talking to her, she had a hard situation. Um, it sounded like she had an abusive relationship and that she should have left her husband sooner because she's, you know, making it on her own. I thought her house had burned. No, that was actually, it's actually a house fire, like a photograph of a house fire. Um, that's random. That, okay. That's <laughs> random. Yeah. <laughs> It's also it's also important to know that we didn't actually choose the photos for the book. We had an editor, a woman named Maya Flor, an artist out of Los Angeles who actually is originally from France, uh, go through our entire catalog. That way, Johnny and I didn't have any bias on the photos, and um, and we wanted someone to tell a narrative, which was an interesting perspective of taking the entire catalog and advice and photographs and having someone with an outside perspective, be able to tell a story through it. And so 
you know, we took tens of thousands of photographs and, you know, only a few hundred made the book. So it was quite the journey for her to go through our entire catalog. Right. Not every grandma bakes cookies. And to be honest, there are some grandmas who don't even like kids very much. Do you feel like you caught the full range of grandmas with your portraits? I think that Johnny and I, through our, um, our, our method of just knocking on doors and going all over the country and you know taking photos on both sides of the train tracks, as one might say, we were able to really capture the diversity and beauty of the grandmothers of this amazing nation. And um, yeah, I, I really do think that this is a really, really, really honest slice of the matriarchs of this American landscape. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find the full Stateside show, lots of episodes for streaming when you need a good listen at michiganradio.org. Today's episode was produced by Aaron Allen, who has moved on and now hosts The Rundown for WBEZ. You should definitely add it to your podcast feeds if you have an even tangential interest in all things Chicago. Other producers on Stateside are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansak, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. Give Grandma a hug for us, okay? We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.